listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry. We are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Unto the Lord, for he As a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, all of your gifts are tax deductible. So go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com. God bless you. Listen to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio. On Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Speaker.com, all of our broadcasts are available as podcasts through SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Blueberry.com, Zoom.com, Stitcher.com, Lisbon.com, and BlogTalkRadio.com. To listen to our broadcast by phone, dial 646-478-0660. Again, that number is 646 478 0660. Go visit and like our Facebook page when Christians Speak Talk Radio. Also, be sure to check out Christians Against Suicide and Depression. It's a page dedicated to sharing God's love, encouragement, and hope. There are prayer warriors standing by to receive prayer requests, doing intercession for those under attack by the lie and deception of the devil. We know that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but praise God. Jesus came to set the captives free. This is the day, this is the day. That the Lord has made, that the Lord has made, I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. Oh, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad. 
This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome to another hour of Declaring the Finished Work. This is your host, Pat Randall. Amen. Glory to God. He is a good father. A faithful, faithful Savior. Glory to God and a soon coming King. So I'm excited today. Amen. Excited to be alive. Excited to be able to glorify the name of Jesus. Amen. So today on the broadcast, I'm re-airing a message from 2017 entitled, The One Thing, The One Life. So be blessed as you listen to this message and I pray that you will hear something. All you need is to hear one good word to turn things around. Amen. So I pray that today you'll hear that one word that will turn things around for you in this day. God bless you. Today's message, the one thing the one life. And as I share this message with you today, it is, I am allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me as well as teach through me to you. So I'm learning with you. The one thing, the one life is where we are moving towards. We live in this world where we so often are multitasking and there's a a busyness in our lives. And so our lives are scattered and our thoughts are scattered because over here I got to do this and I'm thinking about this and then the next minute I'm thinking about that. And sometimes in that type of, in well, not sometimes, but most times in that type of environment, it becomes difficult to determine the one thing. There is always this one thing that becomes the root and everything springs forth out of it. A lot of times we've got so many things, so many, uh, as they say, uh, so many irons in the fire that actually our energy and focus becomes dissipated by this scattered, this scattered approach uh, to life. Also, there is a danger in living a life in two separate parts. And that when I say the two separate parts, I'm talking about the spiritual and the natural. Because what will eventually happen is it leads to spending more time in one than in the other. 
So we want to move into a true balance and true balance comes from oneness. I mean, this is what God is all about. God is one. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is one. So we who are born again have been made one in Christ. The Father placed us in Christ, and Christ is in him, so we are one. God is all about oneness, which is the spirit of unity. So let's look at this word oneness. Oneness, it's the quality or act of being one as singleness. It also means integrity, which is interesting, huh? Integrity, wholeness, harmony, sameness, identity, unity, union. And let's look at the word unity. The state of being in full agreement, the quality or state of not being multiple, oneness, a condition of harmony, accord, the quality or state of being made one, unification. John 14, 20 reads, In that day, and this is Jesus speaking, in that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And this is, he's speaking this to the disciples. This is um, just before he's actually going to the cross. So this is in John 14. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Oneness. One. 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 And I know that um, for some, this may seem contrary to a belief that you have been holding and I'm asking that you will open your mind, open your mind um, and allow the Holy Spirit to minister truth to you um, as I go through these scriptures and I share this message and what the Holy Spirit has been revealing to me about the one thing, the one life. Um, a lot of times, in fact, just today, um, uh, when I was out earlier, I was engaged in a conversation and we were talking, um, you know, about this life and, um, the young woman, um, quoted to me a, a quote that is so often used and I think it is a, it's one of those things, it's intellectually, it really sounds good, but um, 
in the kingdom of God, it it will not work. And that is where we live now. We are now citizens of the kingdom of God and learning how to be in this world and of this world and navigate through this world as ambassadors of Christ. So the phrase is, and I'm sure you've heard it before, that you are so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And that almost implies that we can be so spiritual and not be fruitful or productive in the natural. Now, think about that. I mean, just think about that. If you are truly walking by the Spirit, see, the 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 question becomes, are you really walking by the Spirit or are you doing certain practices that um, among believers, if I see you uh, doing something, it gives me... Uh, it gives the impression that you are spiritual. Maybe you quote a lot of scriptures. Maybe you speak in tongues. Maybe you, um, you know, you, you pray a lot and you're always in church and you're always involved in, in things of God. And so people will automatically assume that you are spiritual doing spiritual things and being spiritual are not the same thing because when we well let's let's go to i believe it's John 15 where Jesus talks about abiding in him i hadn't really planned on sharing that scripture so i'm i'm going to have to um uh, pull it up right quick. Okay, we're going to John 15. And let's see, where will we begin to read? Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit, for just guiding guiding this um, this study tonight. Amen. Amen. God is good. So we have to question, you know, sometimes we, re- we receive these statements, but we don't really take that and lay it upon the word of God. Because this is not a statement that uh, comes from the scriptures. I, I've never seen it. And if anyone has seen it, hey, give me a, a, a shout out. Um on our Facebook page, send me a little message. Tell me you saw something that supports being so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. I would love to um, hear from you. Okay. Uh, John 15, I am the true vine. I'm going to start in verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. 
Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So being one with God causes us to be fruitful, highly productive in our lives. Being heavenly minded only means that when I approach anything in this earth realm, I first get the perspective of God on the circumstance or the situation. It's just as if if I had a physical ailment. What does God say about that? If I'm experiencing lack, what does God say about that? If I'm having problem making decisions, what does God say about that? Amen. Okay, so let now let's move to um oneness in the body of Christ. So it's key that we are one in God. So there's this one thing. This one thing. That we are one in God. Amen. And then as a result of being one in God. That automatically makes us one in the body of Christ. Because there's only one spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 beginning. um, I'm going to start in verse 12. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. One. The one thing. So when we are one with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that brings us into oneness in the body of Christ. So often we separate saying, oh, I need to be one with God. I need to be this. And then I need to be this with the body of Christ. I need to be in that spirit of unity. But it flows from one thing. If I am abiding in him, abiding in him, there is only one spirit. One spirit. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 4 through 6. This reinforces that. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all 
and through all and in all. So when we are one with God, that will manifest itself as oneness in the body of Christ. It will display itself in the natural realm. What is true in the spirit realm. So if we are truly flowing in oneness in the spirit, it will translate into the natural realm as well. We will start to see in the natural that spirit of unity where there is no backbiting, no secret agendas, no selfishness and jealousy, spirit of division, amen? Division that only tells you division means breaking something apart into pieces, breaking, dividing, dividing, dividing. God is all about oneness, oneness, one spirit. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they operate as one spirit. There's only one spirit. Amen. Okay, let's look at, um, the. I've talked about the one thing. In, in our spiritual life and how that is going to translate for us into our natural life and make us even more productive. Let's uh, look at the scripture, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, when you read this clearly, do you think that this only pertains to the spiritual? Okay, so we're going to now we're going to look at this scripture in its entirety. Starting in, uh, this is Matthew 6, starting in verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Okay, so now we're talking about food, clothing, and all of that. This is all natural things. And then he says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, this is Jesus speaking, okay? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Okay, he's he's giving you a principle with this. The kind of father that we have. Verse 27, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, 
Do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Here's the verse, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now he's saying he's going to add many things to your life, but he's asking you to seek one thing, the kingdom of God and his his righteousness. And that's God. God's kingdom exists within him. His righteousness exists within him. And when we are in the spirit, and because the age that we are in, we are to worship him in spirit and in truth. There is no more temple worship through the the um, slaughtering of animals and sacrifices and all, all, all of those outer things. But the Spirit of God, after the cross, the Spirit of God, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we become spiritually alive. And the Spirit of God takes residence in us, in us. Amen. And that is what differentiates us from the saints of the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit is not just coming upon us. It does come upon us because the Holy Spirit is moving through the earth. But he is also in us. So we are immersed in the Spirit of God. For the Holy Spirit is just the Spirit of God. Amen? Let's look at Martha and Mary, which is a very common story. But it's telling us choosing the one thing. And I know that it is. this is very difficult for us because we have been so conditioned. So what we are working against is a mindset. It is a a brainwashing that we've gotten from living in this world and trying to live according to this world and according to the systems of this world when we are truly citizens of God. And that we can live in the kingdom of God and be successful even in this broken world. Because God, God will work everything together for our good. He has caused us to be more than conquerors. He said, there will be trials and tribulations, but we can be of good cheer. We can be optimistic, hopeful, because he has overcome this world. He has overcome this world. He has opened a door, a door in the spirit realm, Glory to God that has granted us full access to the love and the power and the mind and the wisdom and the understanding and insight of God. 
that will enrich our lives even in this natural world. God will give us favor in this natural realm. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God is saying that he'll add all this stuff. What, you know, what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? What are you going to wear? You know, all these things that sometimes consume our lives. Um, the, the, the natural things, you know, being able to uh, earn enough money to pay bills and to keep a roof over your house. And God is saying that he is able to do this if we understand the one thing. So let's go back to uh, Martha and Mary, the, the story that we all know. And if you don't know, I'm, I'm reading uh, the story uh, out of Luke chapter 10, verse 38, 42. Now, as they went on their way, this is Jesus and his disciples. Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. This is a good example. Mary, it says that Martha... Not married. Martha was was distracted with m- not a little ser- serving, but much serving. Her priority was to take care of all these natural things, to serve. You know, she's probably in there preparing food and doing all these other things, but Mary. Because she was actually seeing in the spirit and was able to identify the one thing. The one thing that was necessary in that moment was for her to sit at Jesus' feet. When we are not moving with the spirit of God, oftentimes... Our priorities are off. We are unable to see the one thing. What is the one thing in the moment? And focusing on that one thing that the Lord expresses and reveals, which will open up and bless us with all the things that we think that we have to go after separately. I got to do this, I got to do this, and I need to be here, I need to take a second job, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to go see, and I need to sit in, and I need to do some extra this, or whatever it is. I need to go back to school, I need to, but being one with God opens us up to wisdom, understanding and insight which is what you need in order to navigate 
in this broken world because the things in this world are not always as they appear. They can look glossy and shiny, but in and of themselves, there's emptiness. There's emptiness. And it does not truly satisfy the soul. So what does Jesus say to Mary? The other thing, and because she's thinking she's doing all these things and these, you know, um, I'm doing the right thing. I'm taking care. I'm making sure that, you know, you guys have stuff to eat and I'm in the kitchen and I'm, you know, being this great uh, host and and uh, and because uh, Jesus doesn't say anything to Mary, who has chosen the one thing, which is to sit at his feet, because he is obviously speaking a word of life that is changing Mary's Mary's life, and she has chosen that over. What appears to be important in the natural. And Martha also becomes aggravated and angry. That's the other thing. I'm doing all of this stuff in the natural. I'm not being recognized by it. But this person over here sitting at your feet and, and listening to every word that comes out of your mouth. And you say nothing to her. And the Lord says to her, Martha, Martha very loving you know when he calls her name twice I can just hear the tone of his voice Martha Martha is with so much love he's speaking to her Martha Martha you are anxious and troubled about many things but one thing is necessary but one thing is necessary Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. What she has chosen, when she chose to sit at his feet and receive, that cannot be taken away from her. You can't have all of these things that you think are important in the natural. I've got this position. I've got this job. I take care of this. I take care of that. There is no guarantee that that is going to last. A business can close down. That position that you had is gone or the business downsizes. And all of a sudden, all these things you had going on in the natural and all these this, these, this title and this position and these responsibilities and all of that. What does it all mean? But choosing the one thing, choosing God first, will always be with you. And it will always cause you to be fruitful and for you to abound in this life. 
The Father is good. He's giving us a simple life. A simple life. A simple life, and it's a life of rest. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to be fearful. We abide in him. We find rest in him. We find our peace and our joy. We find wisdom. We find direction. We find guidance. He orders our steps, gives us words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Hallelujah. Gives us specific instructions. Tell us where to go, who to talk to. The one thing. There's only one life. There's only one life and we have to flow in that one life. And as we are flowing in that one life, which is a spiritual life, because we are spirit. We are spirit. We're housed in a natural body, but we are spirit. And as we flow in that one life in God, in Christ, amen, it flows out into our natural life. And it prospers us. It prospers us in every way. And we are rich, overflowing, overflowing, one thing i'm I'm reminded in the scripture that I read before about um, out of Matthew when he was saying uh, how the Father cares for uh you know the birds um uh, of the air, and they they don't have to you know store up stuff and bark. Barnes, we we have become of that um, mentality that we have to just keep hoarding and storing up and having more, and not understanding that we really we really don't have to necessarily hoard and store up in vast amounts because God is always going to provide. There is a a flow. So as we give. God gives back to us, and there's this constant flowing and movement. But a lot of times we hold on to stuff and we block the flow. God wants to continually bless us, and there should always be this movement and this flow going on in our lives. We can see from the beginning, from the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, we look at the, the divine pattern of man. Verse 1, I'm going to start in 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, this is before um, Adam is placed in the garden and given this natural body that was made from the dust of the earth. 
So in Genesis chapter 2, we see here in verse 7, it says, Then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Now that's the first Adam. The first Adam. Amen. But we who are born again, the new birth, the new cre- creation, the new creature, a new creature in Christ. We who were born again, we are no longer descendants of this first man. Amen. Now we are descendants of Christ Jesus. Let's go to 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five to 49. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. A life-giving spirit. Jesus. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. So it's saying the natural man came first. And then the spiritual man came. So that first man, Adam, was this living being, was that natural man made from the soil. And then the last Adam, a life-giving spirit, the spiritual. And that was the order, glory to God, for the plan of God, because if you remember in the scriptures, um, it says that um, Jesus is the, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So before the, the natural world was even created in the spirit realm, glory to God, this had already taken place. And in... The fullness of time, Jesus was birthed into the natural. And then restored us. Restored us, well, not to just who we were in the beginning. Because we're not like that first Adam. It was a glorious thing that that first Adam had, but that was not the final plan. And so what we have now is greater, is greater glory to God. Let's go to 48. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. We, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Glory to God. So, we will have the, the, the final phase of this redemption process that Christ has provided for us by going to the cross is the redemption of these physical bodies. Then we will have the glorified body 
that Christ has at this very moment, hallelujah, seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father, is a glorified body. This body that we have will come to an end. It's called the perishable, and we will put down this perishable and pick up the imperishable. But in the meantime, God has also provided a way for us to be fruitful even in this natural body that is actually perishing but he says the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the grave is that same spirit that dwells on the inside of us quickening which means bringing to life these mortal bodies also it tells us that by his stripes we are healed. So while we are here in this natural body, Jesus Christ has made a provision where we are able to walk in divine health. And he demonstrated that while he was in the earth and uh, through, through the healing and raising of the dead, which superseded any natural laws. Glory to God. The spiritual always supersedes the natural. So the old man, which is the nature of that natural man, we're left with this physical body of that natural man, with that old carnal nature. But sin was crucified. The body of sin was crucified with Christ. That old man died with Christ. And behold, we've been made new. Glory to God. Romans 6, 6 says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. We were enslaved to sin. When you're a slave to something, you don't have any choice. You're a slave. So you got to sin whether you want to or not because that's what's operating in your life. Philippians 3.20 says, that's because we are saved. Now that the old man is dead, and we are this new creation, seated with Christ, in heavenly places, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah. Philippians 3 uh, verse 20 says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We who will transform our lowly body to be like his glory glorious body and that's the last part of the redemption process hallelujah for the new creation we get glorified bodies so how are we to live in this world first john 4 17 first of all says that just as jesus is so are we in this world so just as jesus is is not was is so also are we in this world. Jesus demonstrated spiritual provision that produced provision in the natural. 
feeding of the five five thousand. Clearly, he had what is it? Five loaves and two fish. That was the lunch of a boy. So um, I will, let's see, how much time do I have going on here? Boy, time is moving quickly. Okay, so, um, well, I won't read the entire story. So Jesus is um, out on the countryside. He's gone up on a mountain. He sat down. He's been teaching. And, um, and so he sees this large crowd. They've obviously been there for a a while. So he says to one of his disciples to go and buy, uh, uh, um, to, to feed the people. Um, um, and, but because of where they were, they were so far away from anywhere where they could get it. And, um, and so, um. Um, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And then the verse following, it says that it's a test. That he was testing. He was testing his disciples. And Philip, you know, answered because he's thinking in the natural. He's thinking in the natural. Well, we only have 200 denarii worth of uh, 200 denarii. And uh, and so we've spent 200 denarii worth of bread. That wouldn't be enough to, you know, uh, to really feed the people. They might get a little bit. And um, Jesus basically um, took this young boy's lunch and he, he lifted it. He gave thanks. He went to the spirit. The one thing. He wasn't, but he wanted people to see, he wanted his disciples to see that the natural realm cannot limit you if you understand the one thing. Jesus was one with the Father, which we are now one. The disciples at the time were not yet until after the crucifixion. But we are now one with the Father. And Jesus understand understood this oneness and the power of that oneness. And he lifted up in the natural, which seemed to be an impossibility, but we know with God, nothing is impossible. And he blessed it and gave thanks. And they began to break it. And people ate. And they ate until they were filled. It wasn't just enough. It was more than enough. And there were leftovers. In fact, 12 baskets of fragments were left over. And just quickly, let's look at the raising of the son's dead. In the natural, it looks like that looks like a done deal. The boy is dead. He's no longer breathing. He no longer has any brain activity. He's gone. But Jesus sees this widow's son. She's a widow. She didn't have a husband to take care of her. And now the son that was probably taking care of her is now dead. And he looked with compassion. And he raised this man from the dead. 
something that looked impossible in the natural, that went against all the natural laws. Jesus, because he was one with the Father, he was able to do what seemed impossible in the natural. So I want you to continue to meditate on this, the one thing, the, the one life, um, and to understand that we do not have to live two separate lives, that we've got to have a certain thought life for um, our, in, in the spirit life and, and then in our natural life. No, they, they are bring them together as one. There's one spirit, there's one God, there's one Father, one baptism, one Lord of us all. Hallelujah. And so we can successfully move and have our being in him. And that will translate in our natural life. I mean, you can focus on the natural life and you can accomplish uh, these things only because now the breath that you are breathing and and the body that you are living in is because God created that body and it is his breath that you are breathing that gives you the ability to live and move and operate in this world and be able to accomplish so it's still him at work. But you can focus on that natural and, and be out of balance in your spiritual life. But eventually what you will come to find out that you will see that it cannot fulfill um, what is required of your soul, what is needed in, in your life cannot come from natural things. It cannot. It can only come from a life, a spiritual life lived in Christ. That's where your peace, your hope, your joy, your ability to stand in the face of, of storms. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The one thing, the one life. Praise God. Praise God. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. We live by every word that proceeded out of your mouth. It is our life. It is more than natural bread. We cannot live just on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. We need it. We need it. And we thank you. We thank you that you are mindful of us. That we are never out of your mind. That you're always thinking of us. That your love is always present for us. And we praise you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, family, this concludes another hour of declaring the finished work. Amen. Don't forget tomorrow night, Friday night, joy with Pastor Ray Rose and friends. Glory to God. Amen. And then on Sunday, I believe, yes, it's the second Sunday. So that's real life, real men, real talk at 7 p.m. on Sunday. Amen. Glory to God. Love you. Thanks for being with me during this hour. Father, I thank you that your children heard something today that will turn things around. I don't know what is going on in your life. But I know that there is only one thing, one answer, one life in your situation. And I pray today that your heart is open, your mind is open to receive that. That you will tear down any lie that will come against it and recognize that it is your enemy. That negative thought is your enemy. So lift up the word that you got today. Hide it in your heart. Continue to bring it up in your mind and meditate on it and affirm it. And declare it over your life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Love you. God bless you. Move. Move with power and authority. Jesus' power and authority. He has given this unto you. Amen. Glory to God. You are his ambassador.